0: The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Sendit Philippines. Sendit is the leading payment gateway in the Philippines. Allow your business to accept payments seamlessly from cards, e wallets, retail outlets, and local banks. For more information, visit sendit.co. Also powered by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash PDAX. Also by Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE.
2: Be open. To iterations and feedback think about it and iterate on your plan right keep refining your plan and guess what when you get to vc12 vc13 you're gonna start getting a lot of interest yeah you're gonna get a lot of
0: interest welcome to hustle share the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences but that our hustles are very much alike now, here's your host, Ronster Betyong.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustler Podcast. Man, I miss recording. So if you're listening to this, I have been out for a good two to three weeks, Rich. so if I am bittery and stuttery, I apologize. Because today, we're talking to a guy who just raised $12.5 million for a Filipino startup. And again, our lovely, lovely sponsor, in this podcast, which is PDAX. So, without further ado, let's welcome their CEO and founder, Nichelle Gaba of PDAX. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the show, Nichelle. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me here. All right. Again, thanks very much for sponsoring the craziest Budol podcast in the Philippines.
0: <laughs> Just kidding.
1: So again, big fan of what you guys do. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners already know what mm. PDAX is because I've been talking about you for quite a while now. Mm. Before and before they assume, if you're listening to this because you want to know how this guy uh, raised $12.5 million, I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Nichelle, what's your hustle? Basically, PDAX is
2: a crypto-to-fiat exchange um, we now hear so much about uh, the metaverse, NFTs, uh, everything going crypto, uh, but you don't teleport into crypto, right? You yep. would go into crypto through your money, uh, which is fiat. So uh, our platform tries to make that as easy as possible so that people can can take part in, in the digital space.
1: Absolutely. And again, Pinoy right? come on. There's a lot of... Uh... You, you gotta support local. You gotta support your Filipino startup counterpart because at the end of the day, we're in the golden age also of startups thriving from the Philippines. You know, record record number of deals, record big numbers. And again, this is probably easily one of the biggest uh, deals for a local crypto startup. Right. Are.
2: And you know, historically, we've not been a country that's attracted a lot of investment for for some reason. We under, underperformed our, our neighbors. So it's great, uh, I guess, the Philippines is catching up
1: no it's exciting and I've been seeing this uh again deals left and right like millions of dollars before it was rare to even mm-hmm. like oh someone raised one million what the fuck that's, that's crazy <laughs> now it's just, I've seen 12 million 100 million it's crazy but before I get carried away I need you to buckle up Nichelle because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine <sighs> Hustle Share Time Machine, sponsored by PDAX, right? (laughs) There's branding. Imagine a Jeep and there's a PDAX logo on the side. That's how the Hustle Share Time Machine looks like (laughs) right now. (laughs) But before we talk about PDAX and how you guys are changing the game and making crypto available for the Filipinos and, again, for the world built and made here in the Philippines, I need to ask Mm -hmm. you, the young Michelle, um, what was your upbringing like? Because... Again, uh, a lot of startup founders mm-hmm. who were here had a chip on our shoulder and had ambition or was at least um, shown the, this path less taken. What was that like for you? You know, Ron, uh, I
2: never thought that I was going to be in business, uh, first of all. Uh, even though, obviously, I'm Chinoy. I'm you know? I, I grew up in an environment where uh, most people really think about starting a business when they grow up. Uh, I was always super risk-averse. Eh. So that was mm-hmm. never really uh, something I considered. In fact, I was so conservative Now, coming out of college, uh, I looked for a job that suited my skill sets. And okay. I was very um, quant-oriented. Eh. So I right? Wow! <laughs> I spent a few years uh, in HSBC. I uh, had a fantastic experience. Um, but I guess... Uh, um. Uh. After a while, because may kulang, right? Like you, you sit at a desk. Uh. You do it for about five years. Every day starts to look the same. Um. And then every now and then you start thinking about uh things that you really want to do, right? Uh. Or or things that you think you can can create. Uh. And then you know one thing led to another. Um. I ended up. Uh. Uh. Realizing that, hey. Uh maybe this job isn't for me anymore. And I started exploring um, uh, what to do next. And as a conservative person, I thought Na, the best way for me to transition was to go to business school. So I did that back to school. And go? I went to the US. So I went to wow. Utah for my MBA.
1: Wow. Um, a lot of people get, get to that or even have the smarts to get to Wharton. Oh, well, here.
2: the luck luck obviously pays a part too <laughs> but
1: luck um, isn't just always luck you prepare before you get it in yeah,
2: you I uh, no no you you create your own luck um right. so you know one thing na, ano, na I really uh, appreciate about being in school is it opens your mind to so many opportunities I eh? when you're when you're uh, I guess in your case you've always been an entrepreneur you know but like for somebody who's because I didn't thrive in school,
1: that's why <laughs> <laughs> I was the worst student. So, like, no choice—you're gonna have to do it from from experience. Well, that
2: might mean, you know, you were very open to, to possibilities, and I think um, a lot of us, na, you know, uh, get get uh, used to working in a in an office environment or in, in the corporate world. Parang we start thinking so inwardly about the company. Now, yeah, you. When go school, everything's new again, right? So I had that experience, and then yeah, uh, one thing led to another. I, I um, uh, discovered crypto trading. Uh, I got into crypto trading a lot, as in a lot. Um, and then uh, the idea came up to just start an exchange because uh uh I felt that given you background from from banking, I kind of right. knew the pain points, right? I, I knew the pain points intimately well. And I thought, you know what? If the regulators in the Philippines are supportive of this, then we can raise funds for this, right? So we started fundraising and then boom, uh, PDAX started.
1: Okay, now let me just track back a little bit and dissect this journey a, a little bit and go deep dive on it. So one thing I did a lot of uh, our former guests also have been through is they came from corporate, right? And one thing that they always say that during corporate, yeah, again, it becomes like Groundhog Day, same day over and over again, different results, just different ulam and different, you know, (laughs) different (laughs) outfit that you have to bring. But there's always an itch, Mm. like, you know, the glitch to the matrix. There's an itch you have to scratch, and when you were in corporate, I wanted to find out from your point of view because a lot of the, start, uh, the founders also that eventually jumped came from that point of view. And a lot of the listeners right now are still probably in that itch mm. mode and they want to scratch it. Uh-huh. And the path you took after that was business school. And sometimes that can make or break your, your, your success right. because a lot of people jump straight into business. Mm-hmm. With the thing, They think what they know from corporate is already enough and then boom, they crash and burn. Mm-hmm. But in your path, what was that transition like? And what's the itch and what did you learn in business that prepared you for the jump, the entrepreneurial jump?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great question. I, I think, um, uh, you know, I, I, I read this, uh, this study once, though, what, what really makes or break a, a startup business. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with timing Right. Mm, so yes. uh, maybe the ones who entered into business, probably it wasn't so much now they didn't get the skill sets they need, but it was yeah. really timing. So in my case, had I started something in crypto a little bit earlier than uh, than when I did, probably yeah, yeah. the ecosystem was not supportive and and PDAX might have failed as early as then. Um, yeah. In my case, uh, what was the age? Pare? I was like... Um, uh, yeah, Groundhog Day. Every day is the same. Um, but and uh, in a in a corporate setting, sometimes you believe that um, the organization should do certain things, yeah. um, but then you don't get the support there. Eh? You don't get um, or not maybe support, but it's not aligned with what the organization wants to do. And yeah, then yeah. you just know uh, you just uh, sock it up and then um, play the I uh, know toe the line right um, yeah. and then after a while that gets that gets to you so mm-hmm. uh, i first scratched my itch when i decided na um, i'm going to start analang learning na lang uh, a little mm. bit more so obviously traffic bgc takes me 2 hours to get to work <laughs> yes. Yes. so i started listening to audiobooks. right mm. so nakakaubos ako lang uh, maybe a book a week right wow. and then that was helpful while while driving yeah that's a free podcast, but now you can listen to podcasts. ko. Well, right? <laughs> I have to listen Thank to you. Muscle all
1: shares. right, there you go. So all my cussing for the past almost two and a half years. So that's And sponsored by so Of course, you should listen to your own show, technically. But okay, so you come in there. The itch that you scratched, you technically then filled it up with instant learning. And I think you wanted more. That's why you went to get more from the best. Ivy League, what the hell, right? The Wharton to, to get there. But when I, mean, I always say this in this podcast, that perspective of a local founder, once you are exposed to bigger things from a global perspective, you just become, holy crap, what the hell is going on? Right. I'm such in a tunnel or a tunnel vision that I didn't know that they can do. What was that like? And what are those things you then brought back home with that perspective?
2: Yeah, alam mo ang ganda experience then, that you you're, you just described no. Um because I I think it happens to everyone. Um uh every pinoy who decides to go overseas for some time, right? Like parang yeah. you see things shit sana may ito sa Philippines or shit Sorry. dapat ganito dito. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I'm not Trying to be presumptuous or anything, no. But it, right. let's call it the, you know, the, Jose Rizal experience, right? Like, no, it is.
1: It is true. you yeah.
2: traveled and then niya, ganda, ganda dito. Dapat mm. sa Um, and then, you know, you either stay there, right? Dream, dream. Yep, you stay there. You you live a good life, or you come back and and try to do something. Uh, and at the time I was feeling quite FOMO. Then I mean, I wanted to do something with my life, right? Like I thought that I could I could make a big difference if if at a minimum, uh, making remittances cheaper or whatnot. Um, so yeah, uh, that was the I uh, know that was the the big um uh gutsy moment. now, okay, uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. But
1: here's the question: You said you're risk averse. Change. What made you take the jump? If the old school Michelle <laughs> was risk averse. And right. all of a sudden now, with this mm-hmm. knowledge coming from Morton, yeah. at the end of the day, risk, risk-taking is still scary as hell, regardless of how propen- <laughs> what your propensity for risk is. And especially if you're risk-averse and you're now taking the leap, what made you take the jump and why crypto of all? You know, uh,
2: okay, that's very true. I'm a risk-averse person. And two uh, things changed for me, Ron. Two things okay. Number one was when I went to business school, I realized that because obviously you were your your classmates are like also the best of the best globally, right? right. You realize that we're not so far behind, right? Like, yes. uh, like you belong. Kaya. yeah, 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 you yeah, know, uh, talent wise, I don't think there's anything missing, but we, we can think about the same things uh, in the same way. Uh, we can do things, um, maybe sometimes even better than others. So the confidence that you belong in the league, right, uh, makes the risk not as big as it, it initially seemed. tapos yung second was <clears throat> uh, sometimes because when we think about risk, uh, it's this big black box that na eh. But in my experience, like I open the box, right? Like I ask myself, okay. Fuck, if everything falls, right? Like, yep. Everything fails. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, okay, if, every, if everything in PDAX fails, uh, I'd, I'd probably still, you know, bounce back. Like I'll get up on my feet, uh, I'll go back to working elsewhere, uh, find another hustle, and then start over. And yeah. once you kind of embrace that consequence, uh, you'll realize now there's there's not really much to be afraid of. That's amazing. Yeah. All right,
1: now let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's now dissect how you built PDAX from the ground up all the way to how you raised $1.5 million. Holy crap. I'm still mind blown. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's been over a year and a half since the pandemic has started and completely bamboozled us because it changed and altered how business is done in the Philippines. But if there's a silver lining that I've seen, the businesses and startups that thrive now are those who are not just digital, but also make it easy for their customers to pay them. And the thing is, no matter how great you think your product is, your startup won't scale and achieve real product market fit if you don't do an omni-channel approach in getting your customers' payments. Now, we've discussed so many options of how to get that done in this podcast already. However, what if you can just get that done using just one product? And that's why I highly recommend that you guys use Sendit. Sendit Philippines is the leading payment gateway in the country and they allow businesses to painlessly and seamlessly accept payments from their customers. And these payment channels include credit cards, direct debit, e-wallets like Gcash, PayMy, and GrabPay, retail outlets, and PayLater. Now I'm not going to recommend this if we are not a user ourselves. We use Send It in Podcast Network Asia and getting payments from our sponsors and also disbursing money to our podcasters. Now, it's not just us because there's a lot of legit Filipino startups that achieve scale that are using Sendit to get this done, just like our friends from Kumu. Now, if you're interested to use it for your business or your startup, we're going to make it very easy for you to get started because you are a listener of Hustle Share. And that's why we're going to give you access to Sendit's SME program, which is Sendit's org-wide initiative to help our SME customers grow and scale. Through this program, they will waive up to 1.6 million pesos per business and free transactions just by signing up today. And it's only applicable to new Sendit merchants and for transactions, excluding cards. So if you're interested, just click the link in the description box of this episode to find out how to join. So if you have a business or startup that's gaining momentum now, I highly suggest you start investing in this infrastructure like Sendit to allow you to scale, not just now, but for a post-pandemic world. All right, let's get back to the show.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. And we're back from the break. We are still with Michelle Gava again, who told us then why he took the jump, even when he is a big risk-averse person. So, if you are a risk-averse person as well, or you're still scratching that itch right now, no, right? You know, if you're you're listening right now and uh, you there's an itch, of course, take it with a grain of salt, because we all took the jump, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's not that bad but you'll never probably get that window again cuz never jump you'll never you never win right there's no right timing
2: yeah so. yeah absolutely
1: all right now in that said when you took the jump i want to understand how you built the startup because before also i've had the chance to talk to one of your earlier co-founders who's now the managing director Of send it. Also, again, a sponsor of Hustle Share in this in in this season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where did I what what did I do before? Did we even where were we meant to be? But I want to understand prior to even you getting co-founders, what were the early steps you did to build Mm -hmm. PDAX as it is? Um, so PDAX didn't really start nah no no
2: parang. One day, okay, go atay ng exchange. Now that wasn't right. it at all. Uh, when when PDAX started, I was really uh, heavily involved in crypto trading, um, and at the time, sobrang daming mispricing globally, right? So heard, yeah. you can buy crypto in the US thirty uh, percent cheaper than in Korea or Japan, right? Wow. So my friends and I, or actually friend, uh, just one friend, uh, uh, we decided to exploit arbitrage opportunities globally. So yep. I'd be buying crypto in the US, we bantay it in Korea, and then we, you know, we'd uh, cycle the the money back. So
1: eventually, it's a margins
2: game. Correct, correct. Yeah. And eventually, we we uh, we expanded on that, right? Um, and uh, he. Introduced me to a couple of friends of his in, in Korea, and uh, one of them was was Yang Yang Zhang was, wow, was my, my right so that's yeah. how we met right yeah. so we met uh, exploiting the arbitrage or really trading um mm. and then I uh, know and then uh, understanding crypto a little bit more we mm. we just thought na hey actually we can do a lot in the Philippines through blockchain technology
1: um and then that's that's kind of how things things got going. Okay. Now, in that said, again, and this is—I've heard this from so many people—that, right, Philippines is such a unique and special place because our central bank is supportive of these things, mm-hmm. and they're not just allowing it to be exploited. Also, you know, I've seen that I've seen them do it with digital banks. They let a few players in, and then they stop. Right, something. and mm. if they're that, they're not. Uh, they're not a say sales or a freaking mm-hmm. british virgin or u uh, s version or british uh, BVA where they just let anyone right. do whatever <laughs> right here right. there's a lot of uh, openness but it's still regulated but in a friendly way. Mm-hmm. what's special about the Philippines and how did you then build the company from that point on you
2: it, uh it's good to talk about the the regulatory mindset here you know because um i think the 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 most um Endearing thing about how our regulators were constituted is that they also have market development mandates. Wow! And it's not just their job to go after bad actors or like criminals or like be a part of the bureaucracy. Now you need to register to start something up. No, but they they actually have uh, mandates to grow the country or like to develop the market. Okay. So so uh uh, uh I think. Um, because of that uh, openness, and, and we see it a lot. No, the the BSP uh, still very much wants uh, the financial inclusion scorecard to be much higher than it is. No, and so nice. they're very receptive to these new technologies. But then they're also very value based, right? Mm. So when we first spoke with mm. the the BSP and the SEC, right, mm. uh, we didn't go there saying, okay. Uh, Hey, it's yung bagong technology uh, gawin going natin to because naiiwan yung Pilipinas. Like that wasn't the approach, parang na, the approach that we took and which we found out they were very receptive to was here are the problems, the problems that we're facing in the Philippines, right? Yung mga problema natin every day, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is what we can do to fix that. Okay? Right? Mm-hmm. So if you approach the 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 pitch or the meeting from a mindset na, "Hey, I want to help you," fulfill one of your mandates, which is to develop right. the market, then they'll listen, right? So that's always been, I think, the the most successful or the most effective approach
1: uh, most startups here have taken. That's amazing. Now, building on top of that, how did you guys get PDAX uh, up? Because also at that point around well, 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. there were in, uh, incumbents already, the coins of the world, a couple more, forgot the th- mm-hmm. tip of my tongue. And but there's still always room. It's not a zero sum game. Right, right. There's no such thing as a zero sum game unless you're probably grab where you, <laughs> you're that good yeah. that you killed everybody in the process. But yeah. um yeah, H- how did you carve out that niche for to, to allow you to thrive? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you're right. No, um in, in 2017, uh yeah, I'll I'll be honest. Like uh it was also quite daunting to see na okay shit. Coins.ph is, is quite dominant in the market. Okay. Uh, there were other early movers, and the big exchanges, right? The likes of Coinbase or now Binance, what's mm-hmm. to stop them from just operating in the Philippines? So it was super daunting. Okay. Um, but the way we saw uh, things, say, uh, were that um, as a F- Filipino exchange, we can really cater to the local needs, right? Yes. Just because there's a McDonald's globally doesn't mean you can't have a Jollibee that's even more successful locally. Right. right. So that's that's how we approach things. Um and uh and Siguro, what really helped us get started was uh when you when you start cause a fintech company, mm. you can't you can't really bootstrap them, right? Because yep. the requirements for uh uh, regulatory capital, uh, tech requirements were so high. So you you got to go big or go home. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, we looked for funding uh, from the very beginning. And then fortunately, we had uh, very supportive investors who saw the value in what we were trying to do and uh, funded us from, from day one. So uh, things started to come together after
1: that. Okay. Now, this is a very special hustle because... It's not. I mean, in fintech, I've seen this, but regardless of fintech or whatever, it's hard to raise money. Pre-product, mm. pre-revenue, pre-team. Like, yes. It's if it's already if it's already hard with traction, yeah, or whatever. It's already incredibly hard. Only a very select few have been able to do that. How were you guys mm. able to do it?
2: Uh, well. No, 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 no. Uh, no pretenses here. Mm. We were also very lucky, right? Because uh, crypto was so new and so sizzling hot, right? Mm. That investors started to feel like they were missing out if they didn't take. Fomo part. was there. Fomo. There was really a lot of fomo, um, right. and parang uh, uh, if you are a VC and then somebody approached you, right? Like one guy is like a. Finance professional in the Philippines, nagwawito naman, bahama I mean, that's how they they decide, right? Like it's oh, not right. like they know you, right? Oh, and right. They see, okay, uh, there's uh, this this other uh, uh, co-founder who's like uh, from the US, MIT grad, coming into the Philippines. Hey, mm-hmm. maybe there could be something here. So that's how you do it, like pre pre product, and as you said, pre team. We didn't have yeah. anybody, Mm-mm. right? Uh, yeah, so so timing and and also uh, actually your track record also plays a part, right? Yes. If if, uh, if you do right by your partners in the past,
1: then they will speak favor favorably of you uh, in yep. the future. Your reputation precedes you yes. all the time. So again, you always build good karma mm-hmm. because if you do things right and you don't fuck people up, if you don't take advantage. All of that. Just, and yeah. one thing about fundraising as well, uh, just to, to chime in on this. People talk. There's always so much yeah. back-channel questioning happening. It's not like, oh, always. I pitch everything. Yeah. No, people check on you. What is this guy yeah. like?
2: How and is that? Parang, ane, parang shark Tank. Eh? No.
1: You go there, song
2: and dance, and then boom, you like, no, like, you're right. Like, People will ask about you. And that's why I, I, I really like what I, I heard in a, in a previous, uh, I think, hustle share. I don't yeah. recall now where, but like um, it was said, na, ano, yeah, money, you can lose money and make it back. But Absolutely. credibility, reputation, nope. yeah, you have to protect that.
1: Correct. Because that's your only, you know, uh, that's your legacy right there. It takes 10 years to, to build that, but you can lose that overnight. Right, you know, right with with one mistake so you have to be very careful on how you play the game and how how to try to live by but again mm-hmm. it's it's not like you can't make mistakes but make sure that when you do make mistakes your reputation or your character doesn't go along with it
2: you know that's a good point you bring up no because uh in fact i think we had a we have an incident early in the year right like a I didn't, and then I you probably were going to ask you about it also later. But okay. let, me, let me bring it up, right? Um, I think we actually gained far more credibility after that incident than before it happened. Because we, I'll be honest with you, that was super difficult for us, right? Because yeah. uh, we were trying to scale the product, uh, we didn't have enough people. So we're also mm-hmm. trying to hire more on the fly. Uh, yeah, okay. We have customers waiting to to be able to trade to trans transact, uh, and we also had the BSP wondering, about "What's going on?" Right, and then the media right. was also there. Um, but I think uh, I'm very proud of the way the the people at PDAX responded to that. Yes. Um, now I think we gained even more. Right, like uh, an investor, in fact, came in and and like uh, uh, reopened the the. I guess that there were discussions there about uh, a a a fundraising round, mm-hmm. you know, but we didn't really uh, we didn't mm-hmm. really close then, right? But uh, it was because at least now we know that you actually can can survive
1: a, a crisis. major yeah. crisis. And the crisis is um um make or break teams, you mm-hmm. know. And your team will become inevitably stronger if you just pull through and get things right because it's the it's the cancel culture, eh? Unfortunately, hmm. that's a bad, the, the bad the bad side of it. I understand, you know. When when what people don't understand in startup life, yes, we're gonna make mistakes, and again, most people right. will. But most the pro- the founders are always the the hardest ones on themselves. I'm pretty sure deep inside, I'm like, fuck, you were so mad at you, like, <laughs> how the fuck did this happen? Yeah. Right? But you're also the buck stops with you. So it's like, all right, I'm not gonna mope around. My team yeah. needs me now. So I need to show the example that hey, we can fix this. You you, you gotta stick together like mm-hmm. a strong fist, right? And then fix this one step at a time, right? And that's where the leadership Absolutely. really comes in.
2: Absolutely. You're 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 uh you're dead on there. Uh right. that's why in a minute that's why um <clears throat> You know when when they say na ano, and, and I'm not saying this because uh I want to parang, uh put some grandeur to the to the role or whatnot, right? right? But when they say na being a startup founder is hard and it's not for everyone, it really is super hard. It's just gonna consume you, right? Like, bra <laughs> ka Oh my god. Man.
1: There are days where I'm just like, what the fuck am I just on right yeah. now? It's just crazy. But I want to zoom in on a couple of things here. Mm. So from your point, right? You you mm-hmm. built the company, free money, just, just tracking back. How did you now build initial traction in a way? Because one mm-hmm. thing that I also want to ask you, because this is hard. Most startups don't make it past this initial hurdle. Mm-hmm. When pa- co-founders leave, the ship goes down with them sometimes, and mm-hmm. that's a testament to how well you've ran the team. Because even though Yang Yang left, you're still able to thrive and still get to this next milestone pretty well. Mm. What was that like?
2: Uh, I I don't know if there's a formula, no, but I'm happy to to talk about uh what what uh what we thought uh we did well and what we didn't do well. Okay. Um, now, fortunately, uh. At the very early stages, decisions are quite clear, right? If you're pre-team, obviously the next step is to build one, right? Build okay. a team, right? Your pre-product, you deliver a product, right? You're pre-launch, well, your goal is to find product market fit. Um, so in a way, the the problems or the challenges are very clear early on, right? Um, uh, in in our case, uh, uh, I think we the way we know uh, the way we. Approaching, I, I still believe that this is the the right way. No, parang um if you're in a in a uh if you have uh, co-founders in, in a startup, right, you have to pursue all work streams uh with a unified vision in mind, right? Like yep. everybody's all got on it. the
1: same page, correct?
2: Because you have to divide and conquer, but then you have to have the same uh uh vision in mind, right? Correct. Um. So, so I think in our case, uh, we because and I think it's also because of the the market conditions, uh, how the competitive landscape is changing. Um, not everyone will will agree towards what the, the vision should should be, right? Yeah. Um so you're right. I think I uh, know uh uh the the uh I guess co founder uh departures came at a, you know, a very an you know, end very critical and and difficult time frame it's hard hard. yeah right because you'd have you know burned part of your runway you're uh you're still trying to know still trying Mm -hmm. to deliver product um so a lot of those plans are are somehow jeopardized right you have commitments to some clients right because at that time we had uh commitments to deliver uh certain solutions to clients correct um but yeah, it's, it's it's really the team. Eh? Like whoever is there, right? Like it doesn't have to be the founders, right? Because you don't have to be a founder to be a difference maker or a game changer for the company, Absolutely. right? So we have these people and then we just, you know, uh, you know, hunkered down and said, okay, do we believe that this is a good vision to pursue? Mm. Yes, yes, we do. Do we believe now we have what it takes to do it? Yes, yes, we do. Okay, Got it. So you realign and then, yeah, uh,
1: game left. Get game. back in the game. Now I'm pretty sure that game really worked well because you got traction. Because you're not gonna raise 12.5 mil if you didn't get the mm-hmm. milestones that you get. So walk me through from survival to trying mm-hmm. to to you know fixer upper all the time to now yeah. thriving. How did that turn? How did you turn the corner? Hi. Well, yung yung.
2: Uh, <clears throat> uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was, I believe it was Reed Hoffman who said. Na- if you launch your product and you're not a little bit embarrassed, then you launch too late, right? Yes. So we launched our first product and uh, how do I say this? Well, it wasn't the best, right? It wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Went yeah. through so many of that
1: already, my God. It's like, what the um, fuck is this?
2: <laughs> correct. But okay. then it's out there, right? And now yeah. you know what problems to solve, etc. Um, and then in in I uh, know in our case uh we just started solving more and more user experience issues, product issues, and then eventually uh you just you can't i can't really pinpoint where that was, right, mm-hmm. but we solved enough problems until hey, I think we've solved for product market fit wow. right well, our product is now being used, mm-hmm. and um uh uh, I think in, in, uh, in 2019, right? Okay. So we were in a, uh, well over uh, a year old. Uh, that was when uh, crypto kind of started picking up uh, again. Yep. Um, and yeah, uh, since then, it was just making sure that we can scale, mm-hmm. uh, service more customers, service more volume uh, steadily until, until I guess last year right. when, when things really blew open.
1: No, And that's true. And even if there are going to be fluctuations, the fact that the, the people that hold those coins or their, mm. these tokens are no longer anonymous. These, these are people who are not even people. These are companies right. now that stabilize it a little bit mm-hmm. are, are, are really good. Now, before we take our last break, I want to understand $12.5 million is not easy to raise. Mm. And there's not. A, there's a very... Small echelon of Philippine startups who raised over $10 million and above. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are pre- probably YC companies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's easier apparently to raise money uh, now if you're a YC company. Right. But I, I have so much more respect for a homegrown company um, when they raise this type of money. How did you guys do it in the middle of the pandemic? Because again, not everybody is have this privilege to even have a business running during the pandemic. That's why when I when I put things into perspective, like holy shit, I'm so mm-hmm. lucky I still have a startup to run. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a matter of luck. I just right. came at the right place at the right time. I'm apparently podcasts are gonna be the next big mm-hmm. thing for for that. So that's shamba as well, mm-hmm. right? But how were you able to take advantage of that being in the right place at the right time and still get the necessary cash right. for you to then fuel for the next master? So, uh, great question. So, well, first of all, $12.5
2: uh, million. Uh, you do know that C- C- YGG did that in like a matter of... <laughs> <laughs> <It's Imba. laughs>
1: is like, that, that's not even that's like, right. that's just unicorn level. My God. I'm yeah, mad. yeah.
2: <laughs> Hats <laughs> off to, to Beryl. Shout out to Beryl and, and Gabby. Jabby. If and the listening. owl? Who might
1: be that? <laughs> if you are an insider, y'all yeah, know who the owl is, of course.
2: Yeah, anonymous, still... anonymous, anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, look. So, uh, you're right. Uh, but we also have to. I, I, before I explain Siguro what what worked well for PDAX now I guess I can Siguro share some insight. Uh, into what works in general, okay. Um. So why, why, would, uh, why are YC companies so successful? Because there's a formula to it, right? Like um, you have to build a lot of credibility in order to sell something that's not yet there, which right. is exactly what a startup is, right? You're yes. selling something that you're building, right? Um, and YC gives you a lot of credibility. So uh, it's always been a good idea to try and get that imprimatur, or like a good seal of good housekeeping before you go fundraise. I love the fact that now the Philippines is no longer the lost sibling in Southeast Asia. Yes. Or we're actually, I, I know, uh, we're we're under the spotlight
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, now. What worked, Naman for for PDAX? Uh, I guess I have to go back to to uh, what I what I mentioned earlier too, and what we what we uh, uh, discussed about uh, keeping your your reputation, your credibility, right? Mm. Um, in order to raise big rounds, mm. and this is just my view, no. Mm-mm. Obviously, you have to have a big, um, uh, a big opportunity set in front of yeah. you, right? The tam. Which, correct. In mm-hmm. our case, we are. It's not even a question for me that crypto is gonna be a much bigger part of our daily lives, even Super. if we don't know it yet. Okay? Super. So that one is is an a check na yan The yeah. other uh item uh was what we talked about earlier, credibility and, and reputation. You can't raise another round if your seed or your earlier investors don't follow, right? Because Correct. um, yeah, uh you can raise you can try to raise money, but then if your earlier investors more are not putting money with you anymore, then you ones would be like, hey, why the fuck isn't he joining? Correct. So so uh, uh did we know, uh, did we did everything go well uh in our earlier days? No, but a lot of things went well. Um and I think the company as a whole built enough uh trust and and credibility and track record uh for us to, to continue to be supported. And now um now that crypto is hot again. Uh, uh, the the opportunities really are there for for investors to to make a return by investing in, in Philippine companies. So I do hope the more homegrown, as in we're hundred percent Pinoy as a company. That's right. Nice. Like, Again,
1: that's why yeah. I love it. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> yeah. No, that's the Philippine emoji, the Philippine flag emoji. Always uh, uh, represent. I'm biased. I'm I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm always biased for the grassroots because that's where I come from. And the more mm-hmm. grassroots founders uh, that, again, have seen how big it can be Mm-mm. from being exposed to bigger countries. And I, I would, right. uh, I never got that chance, bro. I, I never got that chance to study abroad. I just fucking watched and consumed a lot of mm. content that had that perspective.
2: Yeah, that's, I know, and, and I guess to, to many of the listeners also, you don't have to leave the country. Like right now, parang, you're
1: listening to this show already. Yeah,
2: every piece of knowledge that you need to, to chase after something, to chase after your own hustle is out there, right? right. Like you have to just use your phone and, and access that info.
1: Yeah. And don't be afraid. Here's what, uh, what's, what's very interesting. I've known so many people that use this podcast as a platform, mm. as an entry to get a meeting with someone. Like, hey, I've listened to your episode on Hustle Share. Can I ask you for feedback? Dude, I'm your boy. Go ahead and do that. Name drop me, name <laughs> drop the podcast. And people would, I'm pretty sure, nine times out of ten, they would say yes. Right, So that's great Anyway, let's take our last break And when we come back I want to know more How you run your team What's your leadership style And let's pay it uh-huh. forward To the whole startup ecosystem well, Let's talk about that more After the break Hi, I'm RJ Ledesma Get inside the heads Of the country's sharpest And most innovative Business personalities And entrepreneurs Hack your way to success As you learn more about How they think about business What are their best practices and success secrets? How do they innovate their businesses during the pandemic? And what opportunities do they see in the new normal? Join me on the RZ Desma podcast. Hey Hustlers, 2021 just breezed past us and I hope things are better for you during this pandemic because we're almost there and I think we're pretty close to finally getting over this hump. But the bad news is the whole dynamic of how business is done has completely changed because of this pandemic and you need to invest into new business models to make good investments. Now for the past couple months I've been on the lookout recently on what's the best way to buy Ethereum to start investing in this new thing called Axie Infinity where I can play to earn. And I found the best platform to buy and sell Ethereum With the best prices in PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange licensed and regulated by the BSP that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Through their user-friendly web exchange and mobile app, Filipinos from all walks of life can trade and purchase crypto anytime, anywhere. And they offer deep liquidity that allows traders of all skill levels to buy and sell crypto at the cheapest prices. So if you want to make your crypto work for you, download the PDAX mobile app on Google Play Store, App Store, or the Huawei App Gallery to start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as just 50 pesos by signing up at podlink.co slash or just by clicking the link in the description box of this episode. We're back from the break. We are still with Michelle Gabba who then told us the amazing uh, feedback. I'm I'm loving this so far, but I'm not done because I need to pay it forward to you guys who are listening to this episode because I need to understand. I'm going through a rough patch right now. I'll come clean too. Um, I'm literally experiencing the rule of three and ten. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but as your startup grows in multiples of threes and tens, everything falls apart. All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. you know, you um, again systems that were working before don't work anymore. Right. Add the fact that more than half of the people that I work with now in my team I've never met in person. Mm. And before the little quirks of, you know, what I'll I'll because it's important that leaders get one-on-ones with their employees so you understand what makes them tick. Right. And I typically do that before pre-pandemic, by feeding people, eating with them. Oh, yeah. how are you? A, beast, you, you know, man. You know, a beer. You uh, beer. It's nice. Whatever. Yeah. You build camaraderie and culture. How do you even develop that? <laughs> in, a, in a in a in a pandemic where everybody? It's rare that people turn right. their cameras on, and those, And that's what I want to find out. You, what's your leadership style, and how did it mm. evolve, pre-pandemic to pandemic? Uh-huh.
2: So yeah, I'll start with pre-pandemic, no, because I think uh, the pandemic just, uh, just uh, threw us all into this situation Super. where hatay na ngay, right? <laughs> um, but pre-pandemic, and and I, I guess I have to ano, no? I have to uh, 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 give a shout out then to to at least working in HSBC, which really helped me learn how to manage people on their dime, right? Because, mm. you know, like, the mistakes I learned there was right. not on my startup now. And since then, I've come to believe na the most important role of a leader is to set the systems to facilitate learning in a, in a group or an organization, right? right. Um, the, the goal of a leader is to help those around you learn. Yes, obviously, you're going to direct or guide people, do this, do that, do this. Mm. Um, But then, um, in order for the organization to grow, everyone has to be developing. I'll I'll give you an example, right? I'll give you an example. It's very common because when um, someone gives you an output and then you look at it and it's like, fuck, it's crap, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's true, right? Yeah. Crap, okay? Uh, Actually, you have two choices. You have two choices. One's easy and one's hard. The easy thing to do would be, yan, sige, akin na ngayon. and then you do it yourself and then you send it. Right? Yep. The more difficult part would be, okay, uh, you go through the output and say, oh, but yung inisip mo? why did you do this? Okay. And then you make them think about their rationale for why they did things a certain way. And then eventually, um, eventually. They'll learn, right? Like, uh, not that you know, you know, more than they do, right? But they learn to become more aligned with the vision that you you have, right? Sure. So, so as a leader, uh, that's one thing we try to do at PDAX now. I, I keep saying this in our all hands meetings. Nah, all ideas are welcome, right? Like, voice out all of your ideas because if if there's democracy in ideas, you will inevitably arrive at the correct. Uh, way of doing things assuming of course that everybody uh, keeps an open mind yeah
1: but how do you balance it out because i understand michelle that from Mm. from my point of view that yes there are going to be crap ideas and if all ideas are welcome right but probably just say 70 percent of that are just what the actual fuck were these right (laughs) and you're also pressed for time correct Right? And we need to get cut to the chase. And sometimes right. you you can't help it. You have to be yeah. despotic about it and just, you know what, give me the ball. This is what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Thank right. you for your feedback. But, mm-hmm. bruh, listen, this is what we need to do there. How do you balance that out? Well, at
2: some point, you got to go to Kobe. <laughs> All right. The triangle's. I nice. sold. Yeah. I get Let's out. Get the fuck right. out of the way. <laughs> um, and this is why no, I I really love this book. No? It's uh, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, yes. right? Um, and uh, because a mental model presented there is the idea of this uh, uh, a wartime CEO and a peacetime CEO. So before you, uh, no, your, your leadership style has to conform to your environment. Are you at war? Or are you in peacetime? In peacetime, that's when you really have to invest in learning and growth, uh, open collaboration, open communication. But in wartime, and it has to be very clear to everyone that, guys, we're at war, right? Yep. Because if people don't appreciate that it's wartime, they're just going to think that you're an asshole, right? That <laughs> you're right? Like. But, you no, know, oh Kobe has to God. point out na hey, because it's, you know… We need to but... fucking win here. Exactly. Right? right? So, you have to point out, you have to call it out, right? Like, guys, we're at war right now. So, we have to do things exactly as we're deciding now. A, B, C, D. And then, and like, hold people accountable, right? Do not be afraid to hold people accountable. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I think, so, with us Pinoy's, and I see this a lot, no? kasi to call someone out right? Or like, yep. uh, to give feedback, yun right? Even if it's constructive, so all of that should go out the window, uh, particularly in in wartime, right? So uh, I think about: Are we in a wartime environment? If no, then let's take the long and hard route. Uh, but if yes, then I make it clear na we're in wartime mode. This is what we need to do. Let's get it done.
1: Suck it up let's okay. go we can't we can't uh, but <laughs> here's where i struggle i'm a millennial okay mm. i'm i'm not, like. <laughs> i am you are too but the next generation the, the, the generation after us the gen z's Mm-mm. um sometimes are built different and this is where i struggle because when i say and i i here's what i developed through time i remember. The, I was being called out when, with my first startup that I didn't have a pair. I just didn't have balls. Oh. That I, um, and that, I had to fucking learn that. That, yo, right? I had to suck it up because I let people take advantage because I was trying to, too hard to be the good boss, to mm. be the good guy, that everybody should be happy, that no feeling should be hurt. But you know what? We're not running a fucking glee club here. Right. We're trying to win. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, I developed that chatbot uh uh-huh. And now, where I'm dealing with kids sometimes who are just not used to that shit. That, mm-hmm. hey, this is not even personal. We're just at war. My mistake, I probably didn't tell them that we're at war. That, hey, I'm mm-hmm. trying to win, guys. What the fuck? We need <laughs> to win here because th- there's right. so much at stake and we're, we're trying to build a great company, not a whatever fucking company. Right? So, mm-hmm. That's where that and the woke culture can be different because again you've experienced it too, right? During that crisis, that the cancel and woke culture can be an enemy and can be the exact opposite of what they stand for, which is being empathetic, Mm -hmm. being fact based, and being objective. So how do you deal with that stuff?
2: You it's great you you pointed out though, because I, I I think in in I don't remember now where, but I think it was in a, uh, Facebook group. No, I think the startup PH. I was like, I, I don't really comment on anything, but I, I had to comment um, uh, about a certain topic uh around. Uh, millennials or Gen Zs in the workplace, right? Yep. Like, um, being needy, always requiring mentorship and attention, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I think, yeah, the, the younger generation, I think, kasama pa tayo don, Ron. Like, I think we're... That's why I can like, dude, I'm the
1: <laughs> 33. What the hell are you talking about? I'm not full-blown yeah, yeah. tito yet, ha? Huh? Okay? Yeah. I can still listen to your Olivia Rodrigo, okay?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think then kasi, ano eh, uh, look, when we grew up kasi... I think we're the same age, pala, yep. by the way. So, when we grew up, uh, we didn't have access to information the way uh, these kids are, are, are growing up now did uh, yeah. as they were growing up, right? Like, if may hindi ka alam wrong, like you're going to have to wait until you can ask your teacher or the yep. library, which you probably would not go, right? Or the dial-up
1: um, won't cooperate. Won't yes. Cooperate. Right?
2: <laughs> Uh, yung uh, 56 Mbps, which is super <laughs> bilis na non, right? ISP Bonanza. Hmm. Oh, ha? Hindi there. siya sa diskette mo. That's, you know, <laughs> that's ilang megabytes i have No idea. 1.44? Well, no, no, no. Am I mean, right? Yeah. Right. But, uh, anyway, so these kids now are, are, you can't blame them for being hungry for information. Eh? Hmm. Because they've been fed instant information forever, right? Now, the downside is that maybe uh, they're a little less impa- they're a little less patient than the earlier generation. Uh, another downside is uh, if they can't figure something out right away because they can't find the resources, they will come to you. Oh, hey, what to go in But on the other hand, I also realized that they can be very malleable. They can be they Super. they know what they want to do, right? Like um and. And in an organization, you also need that, right? You need people who who can assess a situation and then step up and say, "Bang, this is what we need to do, guys." Right? Right. I think the younger generation, millennials included, are more attuned to that type of uh, way of doing things than the generations uh, before were more attuned to following orders and being being good soldiers. Absolutely, Um, but but pero mahirap, right? Like mahirap uh kung mm. mahirap. they leave all the time too, right? Which is oh my god, which is my
1: may, may, leads me to my <laughs> next question because again uh-huh. this culture are is just so the, the younger generation again I fucking feel old saying this but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to bro yeah. I'm still a millennial what the hell right again um and here's here's what why it's 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 a challenge hmm. because again the younger generation, including us, is so mm-hmm. used to instant gratification. Right, and it's so hard to build a startup team that lasts. Mm-hmm. If these people leave mm-hmm. too soon, that mm-hmm. that great is right. like ah I am now. I'll just I have a I have I have this naman I can try this. Then everything is just racket culture all of a sudden. Right, how can you build a team intact if everybody wants to leave and? Did you mm-hmm. experience it uh, that time? Because again, I've heard we did. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stories as well that in a startup, it usually takes around three rounds of teams before the dust settles and you've built a real team ready for right. war. Mm-hmm. How did you cope with that? Because it's hard, my man. It's fucking yeah. hard. For sure. For sure,
2: it's not easy. Look, like I came from a bank, right? In the bank, yeah. you are all pieces to a large you're you all just pieces in a big machine, right? Yeah. So if something uh if, if somebody leaves, right, it's always a bad thing, yeah, because you're gonna have to fill that role. Yeah. But um uh in a startup, and I, I came to siguro, uh, no, no, I've come to appreciate this uh uh in hindsight, obviously because hirap um eh. but in hindsight, uh attrition can actually be a good thing, right? Yeah. because Unlike an established company, a startup is also a, an organism that's still trying to figure itself out, right? Yep. And as it figures itself out, the the culture that you envision or the mission of that, that startup may, may not be perfectly compatible with the people who are there. And so I would say that there is a healthy level of attrition to startups. It's probably not 10%, maybe 20%, right? That's well, was probably too high. But it's also not 5% either. There is that balance where, okay, the people who are leaving are probably leaving because they don't really fit the organization, right? right. And when you adopt that mindset, you expect attrition, right? If you expect mm-hmm. that every year, 10% of the people you leave, you can actually plan for that, right? right. So your so plantilla. So people- Correct. You, mm-hmm. you know, P uh, I'll tell you this because uh, everyone in the, the company knows this also. Um, in the earlier days, uh, I never hired for specific roles, right? Like, mm-hmm. I I literally do this, right? Like, I stalk people on LinkedIn. I go to LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I message them, uh, hey, wanna, I know, grab coffee, ganyan, or yep. get on a call, blah, blah, blah. And you don't have a role in mind, right? You are looking for someone who is a, aligned with your vision and mission, B, could be a good cultural fit, and C, who has the skills that could add value to your organization. And guess Mm -hmm. what? Once you bring them in, they shine. Like, you bring them into a company and they they dance, right? Like, we've gotten someone who's uh, been uh, risk manager, customer support manager, HR, uh, all in under two years, right? Uh, We have somebody who's like, uh, very young, fresh grad when he joined us as an intern, uh, become head of finance and also wow. running strategy and operations right now. Yeah. So so Nix, um,
1: the superstar Nix, you got Nix Oh,
2: <laughs> but Ooh, yeah, so I guess what's up?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: and if and if also if you don't have uh, attrition in your company, uh, you you'll die slow. Stagnation at low death.
1: also correct. Uh, you'll yeah. die slow death. Mm-mm. I totally agree, but <laughs> I've also learned to look for one more trait out of those three <laughs> traits that you said. I look for grit. Yeah, I look for ambition, because that's the alignment. Also, that's the we even built. We we've come to a point, bro, that um, we had to build our our employee. It's, it's corny because I hate doing employee handbook per se. Right. What are the values we we care for? Because PNA now the way it, mm-hmm. it is before everything was one down. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to delegate. Everything was one down for me. Now there's two to three layers more.
2: Right, right. So you lose something as you go down, di ba? Correct.
1: And the consistency yeah. isn't the same, right. right? So I I I make sure that the, the people, even at the lower rung, mm-hmm. have that grit that right. can go to not just a peacetime CEO. But for war time, yeah. They can be soldiers during a wartime. Mm, yeah. We're fucking killers right there, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's what you need uh, as well. So that's what I look for. And it's harder to look mm. for those people. Because how do you freaking yeah. ask, hey, do you have grit? Of course you don't ask that. So it's <laughs> it's intuition-based. It's totally yeah. intuition-based. It,
2: you know, more to your point, though. I love that uh, you mentioned grit. More to your point there. You can't really ask about grit because no, it's possible that they don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> They'll only figure it out when they're you know Correct. they're right there, game on the line. Do you have they're Buckling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or you you face a setback, a real setback. Can you actually uh, can you actually bounce back? Parang ang to to.
1: Assess that,
2: yeah, no, in an There's
1: one well, I'll shout do a shout out to our head of operations, Ivy Barnachea. She she's my uh, intern from from guest list party file. She was head of ops mm-hmm. also in chatbot and still with me now in PA. Wow. <laughs> yeah, dude. She's she's my she's the secret sauce to how I got everything you do. <laughs> I asked her, like, Ivy, how how come we have grit? Where, where, how do I identify grit? And she said. And it was supposed to be jokingly, but apparently she was serious. She said, choose people from abusive relationships, from abusive mm. backgrounds, from chaotic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Because they thrive in chaos. Mm-hmm. Broken family. I'm from a broken family.
2: In other words, sanay sila, sahirap, right? like, sanay sila war. sa
1: War.
2: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. always
1: war time. Their normal peace time is war time. Yeah.
2: I know, same same and like more to to this insight like the, the reverse is also true right like um we we would in in the past no like when yeah. I was still in 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 corporate um, we'd hire stellar people right like you bring in stellar people very yeah. very accomplished free uh, yeah 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 know pristine right yeah but they're so used to being so successful that they actually can't take risks. Yeah, like yeah. in a way maybe I, I, I felt na um uh uh when I started uh experiencing a lot of setbacks uh, at TDAX or in my professional life, that's when I actually became a bit more I, I, I took more risks, right? Like yeah. parang si, I guess parang si Pacquiao, like you right. and then
1: like you you,
2: you still fight yeah, yeah. back, eh, right? Like not me, yeah. Um
1: yeah. yeah, because you learn more about yourself when you get punched right. in the face and you get knocked down. Correct. Not correct. when you just keep winning. Right. right. So it's a job interview. Maybe you should, you should, uh, no, knock I ask them the that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have a couple of questions that I usually yeah. throw. Um, first one, what's your biggest fuck up? Mm-hmm. And then, second one, is perspective. I ask, I, I used typically ask this question where if I called your previous manager and asked them the one thing that irritated them most about you, what mm, do you
2: think that's would be? a great question.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh shit! Right. and there, I'm not gonna tell everyone. So, if someone's uh, looking to be <laughs> applying, uh, but yeah, at least those give me a heads up. All right. Before we wrap this, we have last question. Um, <laughs> what's your tips now in raising capital during the pandemic? Because again, totally different right. ball game. Yeah. Uh, some people say it's easier because you don't yeah. have to meet people. Everybody's one Zoom call away. But what's your tips and tricks that you can... You know, share. I
2: agree. I agree with that. Um, uh, at first, I thought, nah, Shucks, it's so hard because you got to look at the investor in the eye and say, nah, <laughs> I'll maybe... For yeah. <laughs> I, actually, at first, I thought, mm, it's harder. But actually, it's not. It's easier, right? Because fundraising, uh, in as much as... You need to figure out your, your uh, product. You need to parang be very clear about the opportunity you're chasing. It is also a numbers game, right? Yep. I think at this point, uh, a hot we've spoken to maybe 100 VCs already, right? It's wow. a numbers game. So now in a pandemic, and it's very acceptable to just meet people via, via Zoom. Uh, you can meet three times as many uh, potential investors in a day than you otherwise would, right without the airfare and the the, yes. the travel. <laughs> um, now here's my my biggest tip, right Like for me, it doesn't matter what your idea is. It may be good or bad, but who knows right? No one can no one's money all knowing and can judge whether your idea is good or bad Perfect. but here's here's my my one tip. Be open. Iterations and feedback, right? Because you will meet potential VC number one, right? You give them your deck, you present, they ask you questions, you answer, and chances are it's gonna suck, right? Yep. You're gonna feel like crap because I shit, why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I think yeah. of that? You go to VC two, VC two says something different, and you're like, hey, wait a minute, no, that's not what I'm, I know, that's not what we're doing, blah blah blah. Right. Cut it out, right? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, take in whatever VC1 said, whatever VC2 said. Think about it and iterate on your plan, right? Right. Refine, keep refining your plan. And guess what? When you get to VC12, VC13, you're You're going to get a lot of interest. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of interest. And then they'll ask, you know, ask around. Yeah, oh, it looks like a great idea. Great company. Fantastic founder. Let's back this guy. Right, yeah. Uh, That's my my biggest tip. Be happy with the feedback.
1: Oh, that's good. And again, no pitch is perfect from the get. You have to always adapt, and you have to always empathize with what that VC looks like or what is looking for. And again, work the back channel, huh? You know, again, Mm -hmm. the reputation people and make sure someone puts a good word Mm -hmm. about you because if they are, if they you pick their interest a lot they'll for sure ask about you and the one thing you want to make sure is that when they ask about you it's good shit that they're telling you it's not like meh right yeah that's right Okay, unfortunately, as much as I really want to talk about this more, thank you <laughs> so much, Michelle. This is easily one of the most uh, enjoyable uh, episodes I've done. Real talk that we did here. But before I let you go, are you guys just raised to it for twelve point five mil? And again, you have a lot of things you want to do, like bonds that pH and all these things. What can right. we look for? And if they wanna check out EDAX, where do they go and how do they do that? Right. Um, so obviously
2: uh, just having uh g- gone through a, a fundraise, uh we actually have a lot of uh, growth plans No, We're being extremely aggressive right now. Um so plug We're hiring a lot of people. Uh I sure, think we've uh, doubled their head on this year. But, <laughs> <laughs> anybody who's like who who's a, an aspiring developer, uh you're you're interested in blockchain, please uh hit us up. Okay. What are the things that we're we're doing? Uh, maybe not to going to too many specifics, uh, cause I, I I know I overstayed my my time here. Um, uh, we're constantly trying to make investing easier, right? Yes. Now, investments could be in crypto, could be in traditional assets, or it could be in play-to-earn uh, 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 games or or NFTs, etc. So that's what we're doing, right? We're trying to make that easier and easier by iterating on our on our platform. Um, uh, we, they, you can you know, can look us up at Uh, uh you can follow us on, on Instagram Facebook and on Twitter there you go
1: again Michelle thank you very much and again try Pdax. it's the best and it's our sponsor If I won't endorse it if it was shit okay so first of all I'm very, very particular brilliant. about uh, <laughs> so again it's legit and support for the team. that's it but before I let you go follow us on whatever podcast app you listening to, listen to Spotify Apple Podcast or any other podcast app wherever you get your podcast, follow us there. And again, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be some show notes on HustleShare.com. And also, if you want to meet and greet other HustleShare listeners and talk about hustling and whatever you guys want to talk about, it's going to be in the HustleShare community on Facebook. Again, Michelle, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Well, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.